Hi and welcome to Level Scotland Over Coffee podcast, which brings you Scotland's finest food champions directly to you. As many people are working from home, let's get comfortable and find out what makes a good cup of coffee. Today I visited Glen Lyon Roasters up in Aberfeldy, where Rowan Mallon and Fiona Grant led a group of visitors through the art of cupping. And no, this isn't the medical version. Let me set the scene. Each coffee variety was split into three cups for assessment and the audience were guided to appreciate the different brews to find their favourite. This is a way of testing the coffee to ensure the finest coffee is roasted. So every day really is a learning day. Let's understand how to develop your taste vocabulary and find out if you have the palate of a Q grader. To find out more about Glen Lyon, we shall be speaking further with Fiona Grant about her adventures around the world in search of coffee to ensure Scotland is served with the finest. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a future episode. Thanks all of you for joining us and um, welcome to the first official Glen Lyon public cupping. Uh, if you just have a look quickly what Wes is doing now, um, it's just effectively breaking the crust or the creamer of the coffee. Um, we're trying to, um, what we're trying to do is now get the flavours that have been stored under that crust um, out so we can inflate, we can assess that. Um, and what he's doing is every step he's following a set um, uh, routine. Um, that way we can make sure that we're being consistent. Um, so what he's going to do now, um, once he's finished breaking the crust of the coffee, we'll just uh, clean uh, the creamer. Or the, what actually happens in that creamer is actually got quite a bit of CO2 that's been given off in the chemical reaction as we've added the water. Um, and we actually don't want to have that negative CO2 flavor affect the cup. So we skim that little crust away from the coffee now. Um, and effectively what we're getting to very close to is a, a cafetiere or French press type of method that you might be used to at home. Um, this is just a slightly longer period. Um, and what we're going to do now is uh, we have the timer going um, and we're going to wait between eight or nine minutes now. We want the coffee to, it's at this stage, it's two pumps to drink. Uh, for those of you that might not know, um, if you burn your tongue, it actually takes your tongue and your taste buds about two to three minutes to regenerate. Um, so if you eat something too hot, um, or in our case, which we have to be very careful of, if we drink the coffee too quickly, we actually burn our tongue uh, and then it means for the next week or week and a half, uh, it's quite hard. We obviously have multiple jobs in a small company like this, um, but in terms of the system of coffee, we have to really watch against it. You'll see, especially with these cups, these were all black when you joined us. Um, they've actually changed colour now um, because of the heat and the hot water, and these will slowly fade back to black. Love your reference to ACDC. Yeah. Um, and uh, we kind of know as it gets to black, that it's a good time to start cupping. Now, the reason we cup the coffee and we don't wait too long is we still want the coffee to be relatively hot. You taste certain flavors within the coffee at different temperatures. Um, and so, in the first pass, um, maybe not so much on these two coffees, uh, but when we start coming to these coffees, in the, in the first pass, you'll tend to taste more of the acidity. And when I say acidity, uh, we're talking about an orange acidity or a fruity acidity, that type of thing. Um, and then as the coffee cools, you start to taste some of more of the sweeter notes that will come through. Um, and as the coffee cools even further, you can actually then see um, if there's any defects or any processing methods that have come through in the coffee. Coffee is a cherry at the end of the day. It's picked by human beings like ourselves, so there is a margin of error. So within anything that we do, um, there, is, uh, there is a cherry that can both look like almost identically red, uh, but they actually have different sugar contents. Um, and that difference of sugar content can affect what makes one coffee taste, bean taste really good, and another one taste um, not so good. 
and the only way we pick that up is during the roast process. It's almost impossible for the farmers to detect the difference in sugar levels um, when the coffee's been processed. Um, they do have some tools, but they, we're talking very, um, very, very small margins here. Um, and so we, we rely on this process to then be able to identify. Someone asked why we have three cups, and part of it is to allow us um, to assess if there has been a, a coffee that was maybe picked slightly under up or slightly over up. Um, it still passes the overall grading system that we would follow, um, but what we want to do is we want to make sure that it doesn't taint the cup. Um, and then we say, oh, that's actually not a bad coffee. So you might find this particular cup had a, a slightly underripe bean in it. Um, and as that happens, um, you know, if we then judge the whole coffee just on that one one cup, we actually might throw the coffee away. But if we assess all three, we get a much rounder and overall picture um, of what we're doing. You, you know you're tasting something, you recognize that taste, and it's trying to find the right word for yeah. it. And that's what doing regular cupping is really good, because yeah. you learn you get the, the taste vocabulary. So yeah. you actually, what I'm tasting, oh, that, that is apricots. And there's a chart here, the coffee tasters wheel, which can really help. Yeah. So you can work yourself from the inside out. And it always, this is quite fruity, and then is it plums or nectarines, or is it, is it more like melon or something like that? Okay. Or floral. So it's a good chart to have a look yeah. at as well. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So for us, it's just a, it's a practice thing. I was saying to someone in fairness, um, one of uh, only a handful of Q graders in the whole of Scotland and there's less than 100 in the whole of the UK uh, which is an incredible privilege for us um, because she has a, frankly, has a, a fancy palate um, and so learning to assess and taste these flavours and the thing that we're actually talking about and have been talking about in the past is the ability to recall flavours and so as she's saying it's something that can be learnt and developed um, and so this process is incredibly important for us because if coffee meets Fiona's standards, um, which are exceptionally high, we're very grateful for that, uh, it means it's probably going to be a cracker cracker coffee. Um, in saying that, you know, one of the things we have also learned is uh, that different people tend to pick up and highlight different flavours. Um, a study, I think, if I'm not correct, that's shown that women actually are able to identify more flavors than men. Um, so it's, uh, it's a great thing in that. But there are also certain flavors that men can identify that are, are harder. So we always tend to, tend to cut as a team as much as we can because it allows us to a, grow and we all tend to get to learn from Fiona. Um, but we also help each other um, pick up and identify flavors. So uh, it's always a team effort. How so, often are you doing it? Uh, so we generally, we keep samples off to every single batch of coffee we roast. Um, or every single day of roasting, we keep batch, batches from each, sam uh, each samples from each batch. Sorry, I see I haven't had enough coffee. <laughs> Still waking up. Um, and we cut pretty much every day. Yeah. So our main production days are on a Tuesday and a Thursday. Uh, so the days post that tend to be our busier days. But um, we often are sent, even today, before you guys arrived, I had a whole bunch of coffees arrived from Uganda. And so now what we'll do is we'll use the little sample roaster that's down there by Amber, and we'll sample and roast a whole bunch of coffees on that. And then that could be done today, and we'll cut that tomorrow afternoon. Um, so it's an evolving process all the time because we continually having farmers wanting to um, showcase their coffees and asking us to even cut them or look at buying them. And then it's obviously got to come to us. We assess that. Is this the coffee we want? Is it for the market? You know, certain parts of Scotland want to drink certain styles of coffee. We've obviously got to be sensitive to that. Um, and certain coffees also just tend to sell better. And in the day, we want to have a successful roastery. Um, so we've also got to buy coffees that fit within that while trying to push the envelopes in terms of showcasing things like this where coffees can taste like tea and have bergamot and caramel flavors and strawberry and honey 
uh, and we want to honor the farmers that we've built relationships with. Uh, in a lot of the cases, most of the coffees on this table, we've either been to the region or we've stayed with the farmer that we're buying the coffee from. So you might walk into a, a grocery store and go, oh, that's a Colombian coffee. Um, it's like saying, well, that's a Scottish whiskey. You would offend the whole Scottish <laughs> nation by just saying, oh, I've got a great Scottish whiskey. No, is it a Speyside whiskey? Is it a Talisker whiskey or an Isla whiskey or so on and so on? And all these whiskeys have different nuances and flavor. And it's the same with coffee. So we're incredibly proud of the fact that we, we tend to buy where we can directly from the farmer. Um, and if we can't from the co-op that most of those farmers are formed. So we can say it's not just coming from um, Colombia, it's actually coming from El Romanzo, who's the, the person that owns the farm, and they're from the Antigua region of Colombia, and that's a growing region known for coffee um, of about six provinces in Colombia. Um, and so for us, it's, it's a relationship that we're building, uh, and we hope to continue to build up those farmers, which means we pay them more for the coffee, which means it makes it easier for them to, to keep doing what they're doing. Um, and by building those relationships, we get to showcase coffees that you might not get to taste in the UK because we're the only ones bringing them in. So really exciting to, to be involved in that. Um, I, I often like to end these by saying, uh, what's everyone's favorite? Um, but just be reminded that there's no wrong answer. Um, you know, but we hope that you've, you've managed to pick up and see the differences in the coffees and just to learn a little bit of the uniqueness that there can be within coffees, even just from the same region. There were two Kenyans to from exactly the same farm, from the same trees, just different size beans, um, and can be quite different. So I don't know if you might have picked that up, um, but it also just shows that there's such a range of flavors within the coffee. We've hopefully broadened your horizon a little bit. So go back and just have a couple more sips of that, because yeah. Where did you come from today to do this? Uh, Octorada. Okay. Yeah, how, how did you hear about it? I've been following Glenline Coffee for quite a while online and uh, yeah. I've had quite a bit of their coffee. So it's time to learn years. about it now. So, uh, so I'd come up it's and a see great opportunity to like, see it properly and you'll get a new. So have you got your favourite blend? Yeah, I tried to come with an open mind because I do find certain regions of coffees I wouldn't naturally gravitate to. Uh -huh. So I tried to put that aside, but it's still confirmed that... You're still on... Where are you? Which uh, one are you More in the Central and South America is generally okay. the coffees I enjoy. Okay. Less so the African ones, and it was, it was the Colombian that stood out to me uh, today. Yeah. Did you enjoy your morning? Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah interesting. Uh, interesting. Uh -huh. And same to Linda. So we're sisters. And I've been to several wine tastings uh -huh. before. So this was completely different, yeah, isn't it? To, see, to hear the difference of it all. So there you have it. There are some fascinating events happening around the country, and we hope to cover many more. To find out about Glen Lyon Roasters, we shall be speaking with founder Fiona Grant about her adventures around the world in search of coffee to ensure Scotland is served with the finest coffee. So don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and don't miss a future episode. See you soon.